0: Here we go. The Truth is Simple Diogenes This is The Simple Truth, number 15, entitled The Danger of Hate. It started when Hillary Clinton mockingly called millions of Americans deplorables who are racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, and Islamophobic. What I would describe as one of the most pregnant displays of name-calling ever done by an elitist politician in front of the TV cameras. That alone may have cost her the presidential election. You gotta love karma. Then I watched a smirking Nancy Pelosi tearing up Trump's speech to Congress while standing right behind him, and on other occasions repeatedly spouting hatred for MAGA Americans while wrapping herself in phony Catholic self-righteousness. I saw Biden giving a national address from a Nazi-inspired stage, shaking his fists and railing against the 74 million Americans who voted against him and calling MAGA Americans dangerous domestic extremists who must be stopped. Of course, you can always listen to talking heads vomiting hate in unison on any given day or night. Turn on CNN or MSNBC and wait a minute or two. I guarantee you'll hear some hate. But who listens to them anyway? Then recently, I heard Dick Blumenthal claim the indictments against Donald Trump, a clearly abusive, excessive, and unwarranted 78 charges worth, to be our one chance to defend democracy against the violent white supremacists here in America. That would be Senior Senator Richard Blumenthal, a nearly 80-year-old white man, 40-year-long politician, personally worth over a $100 million, who stood in front of the camera calmly spewing hate rhetoric in front of the nation. For me, that relatively quiet comment broke the camel's back. These examples are demagogy at its Hitlerian worst. Demonizing an opponent or an opposing group and trying to frighten us against them, to make us hate them, to call them dangerous, is a clear invitation to hate and violence. These are not rough-and-tumble gang members trapped in a cycle of violence for survival. These are elites, wealthy people who see the American people as the enemy, as deplorables who are mere fodder for their wars, ideological zealots who think that maintaining and expanding their power warrants trampling anyone who stands in their way. The worst kind of entitlement. Madmen who delude themselves into thinking that destroying the Constitution and the natural rights it protects will save democracy. How absurd. A group so disconnected, so disaffected, so dissociated, so individuated from the average American citizen by their own crimes against the nation, that they can only hate them as an enemy. What makes them dangerous is their willingness to use that hate as a political weapon. Whenever those in government openly hate, it is particularly destructive. The common denominator of government is power. That, by definition, requires force. Coupling hate with the force of government is like handing a megaphone to a screaming man or pouring nitroglycerin on a fire. Pushing hate toward anyone is dangerous and should always be frowned upon, but spewing hate toward its own citizens should be considered a heinous violation of trust. As is said, with great power comes great responsibility. That responsibility should include the determination to rule without hate. The SPLC, Southern Poverty Law Center, has built a list of what it calls hate groups and individuals. It is actually a long list of ideological enemies of the left. Ironically, the SPLC might just be the biggest hate group of all. Agencies of the federal government like the FBI, DOJ, and Homeland Security have used this group and its list for guidance as to who they should target. In essence, who they should hate. This is a legacy that goes back to J. Edgar Hoover and his FBI who targeted individuals and groups for purely political reasons. I do see the left more readily inclined and susceptible to hate, which I find ironic for a group that proudly pronounces itself the party of tolerance. A good example is the transgender thing. While I hear the left screaming about all the hate being heaped on transgenders, I have seen little evidence. What I have seen is hateful rhetoric and violence from transgenders and their leftist apologists. Their hate may simply be a negative side effect of running primarily on emotion. But make no mistake, the left hold no patent on the practice. The right does it as well. Maybe even better. Some of the greatest haters of all time have been on the right. Hate doesn't have a party. It is just hate. Hate is quite contagious. That is also one of hate's most dangerous aspects. Hate reverberates into everything it touches, stirring up hatred in associates and nearly compelling hatred in return from its targets. Many innocent men have been murdered by people in the foaming froth of hate, people who otherwise would call themselves kind and decent folk. And when being pummeled with hate, it is difficult not to return the sentiment. Perhaps the most powerful theme in all of Christianity is the ideal of resisting the urge to meet hatred with more hatred. I confess, brother, it ain't easy. A common preamble to hate is to demonize. Claim a man is a devil and he deserves hate, right? In World War II, the U.S. media called our Japanese enemy yellow devils. Easy to hate. Another path is to dehumanize. Less than human has been the propaganda motto of every war. Nazi propaganda depicted Jews as rats and cockroaches worthy of extermination. And that's what the Nazis tried to do. The next tactic is to cast someone as evil and dangerous. Not only does it inspire hate... But more importantly, justifies overriding sensibilities and doing whatever it takes to stop the other. Censorship, deplatforming, debanking, shouting down free speech, and even direct violence are all wrapped in hate. Hate is what gives name calling its apparent power. Words used between brothers in arms that only strengthen their bond, when said with hate, can start a war. You can certainly oppose someone or some group. You can even consider their actions or policies to be evil and dangerous. But when hate enters the equation, especially hate for hate's sake, then rational thought is driven out. Decisions get made and actions taken that have catastrophic consequences. Many millions have died because of hate. Let's face it, hate kills. Many individuals, momentarily consumed by hate, have said and done things they later regretted. Haven't we all had that moment of asking ourselves, Why did I do that? Before you accuse me of name-calling and hating, know this. I do not hate those I speak of who have taken our country down such a dark path. They too have been misled. I pity them and their shriveled souls. One day they will realize that the way back for them may be long and hard. I merely point out that they are the hate mongers. Do not be deceived or enticed to fall into their ways. Like the legendary Hatfields and McCoys, hate is a generational legacy that only feeds itself. Hate is easy. It is a downhill toboggan ride into darkness that requires little thought or real effort. While fostering hate certainly appears to have some expediency in the short term, it is a slippery slope. Yes, nothing riles the near-dead mob into action like rabble-rousing hate, but when have you seen a mob build anything good? Or build anything at all, for that matter? Mobs only tear things down, like statues and cultures. The wins to be had from stoking hate are short-lived, hollow, and always destructive. And even if you think winning is everything, hate can never defeat hate. There is one last thing I should mention for those inclined to hate. Hate has no friends. When the apparent enemies have been silenced or destroyed, hate seeks a new target. And that just might be you. Hate. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. That's all for now. Thanks so much for listening. Stay connected to The Truth Window by subscribing to my podcast at thetruthwindow.substack.com You'll get notified when the next episode is available. If you stick to the truth, no lies can stick to you. So long for now.